In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. So, first of all, um, Burt Reynolds is a really perplexing man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got some thoughts, let me tell you. But before we get to that, like, I wasn't aware of the I Am, like, kind of documentaries, and I really like them a lot. Like, they've really piqued my interest. Like, I didn't know you did one on Swayze. I didn't know you did one on Kinnison and, and Heath. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I feel bad that I'm late to the party. Like, I... <laughs> I got some. I got some work I have to do, and I'm really disappointed. Like, what the heck? I re- because I I really like. I'm I'm blown away by the setup. I like it. Which one of those, including Bert, hit you the hardest? Hmm. Well, Heath was with Heath it, it because he went so quickly. That was that was a really emotional journey in terms of the people I was talking to and um just the closeness we sort of felt through making that film. I mean, there's a lot of material that he's shot as you know, that we were able to use in the film and going through his, the stuff that he'd filmed of himself or it felt really like personal. And then the pa- the film I made with on Patrick too, is also just really, um, yeah. I spent a lot of time with his, his uh, widow, Lisa and his brother and, I mean, everyone has its thing, but yeah. Um, yeah, those two, those two particularly. Kinnison was <laughs> Kinnison was wild. We 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 actually premiered that in the comedy store, which is fun. Yeah, first his, time his brother could not be ever. anywhere. His brother could not be any more different than he is. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> his brother's like a, a like a preacher or like a minister, and yeah. Sam was Sam. But I gotta say, if I had to add a, a next one to your wonderful series of documentaries, I gotta say Philip Seymour Hoffman's around the corner, right? Yeah. I'd love to do that. You know, I'd um, love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say there's so much to that. You know, how do you decide who the focus of your documentaries is? I mean, it's a mix of things. We work, you know, we work in step with, you know, the CW, we work in step with, as a company, we think about who is like an icon that would fit into this profile of IM films that, that there hasn't been a film about. And then we also, part of that decision is also, working with the estate and with the family and um, getting, getting connected with them. Right. And, and really feel, feeling like, you know, if it's a good fit, I think with Bert, um, like what a life and what an opportunity to tell a story that, you know, some people say, Oh, he's been kind of forgotten in, in the history of cinema, which is insane to think of because of how, long his career was and how many roles he played and the fact that he was kind of the biggest star in the world for, you know, five or six years, he was top box office, like five years in a row. Um, well, well, he's certainly this, I mean, if you were to put, pick a guy for the seventies, he's certainly the guy. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's him and he's in a good part of the eighties too, you know? Uh, but like, I remember just bonding with my dad to so many of his movies and, you know, he is the face of the seventies. Like he was the guy. But I yeah. found myself, Adrian, going back and forth with him because there's stuff I really don't like about him. But there's mm-hmm. things that I like about him a lot. Like, And that's what I love about your documentary. It kind of paints a, a, a picture where 
decide for yourself. This is who he is. Like, mm. make your own mind. And that's why I, I am so partial and so fond to documentaries. And you do a great job of, of really portraying that. Thank you. Appreciate you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. There's there are two more. I, I've had three guests that I've that I've that I've had that I've had personal connections to to him. Um, two of the three had some not great things to say. One loved him. Uh, <laughs> Mark Summers. I don't know if you remember the Mark Summers, the Jay Leno thing, where Bert mm -hmm. poured, poured Bert poured water on him. That wasn't Bert's best moment. But I also I look back now, and it's kind of the time when Bert was going through bankruptcy. He was going through. I think it was rehab. I think it was the same. So now that I, when I watched your documentary, it made a little more sense to me. Of, mm -hmm. of why things could have been. Um, Adrian Barbeau wasn't a huge fan because she said he wasn't so nice to um, Dom DeLuise, but Norman Golden, who was with him in Cop and a Half, loved him. Like, so it's just, I guess you could that's, find 10 people of five. You know, that's like, funny. I mean, him and Dom were super close. No, I, so. guess, no, I guess, I guess, like, he was like messing with him. You okay. know, like, you know, not, not like, I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like, so maybe he brought things too far sometimes, but yeah. they were best friends, but they were like, I guess she wasn't maybe partial to their humor either. So I, I don't know. I mean, but um, again, this is like one of those things with Bert where then you listen to him talk about his affection with his dad, where he said, I would have done anything for a hug. Like, yeah. and then he, and then he melts in your hands. Like, this is what I love about this documentary. Adrian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what's important um, with these films is that we kind of get behind just the, you know, they're, they're far from being clip movies. They're really like personal journeys and we, you know, we use the voices of the people that know, knew him the best. So it's like, I always find that I go out to make these films and I have an idea of what they're going to be and things go in different directions because of what I learned from the people that are closest to him. Um, because there's so much in this film that had never been told before. So how, how do you decide who you want to talk to? Because I love your choices of, of people you went to ask. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's some obvious ones you have to ask. Yeah. But how do you, how do you decide who's going to be part of this story? Who's going to really kind of narrate Bert's life a little bit to, to the audience. How do you decide that? Um, I think it goes back to, you know, I spend quite a bit of time in pre-production, watching the films, reading what's available, um, thinking about who are, who are going to be the people that are, are able to tell the story along the whole arc of his life. Um, I also look at the films that I think are important. You know, when we're, when we're, when we're using clips and films, it's kind of like this, art imitates life, life imitates art. So what are the films that are, that can help tell the personal story of Bert through the actual films? And then I will go after those people. But I also, you know, I spent a lot of time before we, we uh, start filming, talking to the people that are close to him and started sort of figuring out, okay, like what were the really important relationships to Bert? Who are the people that were with him for a long period of time? Who are the people that have known him since the beginning? Whether it's like, you know, his, high school friend Mo Mustaine who he played football with who by you know they still had lunch every Sunday together uh until you know the last week of of, of Bert's life or even someone like Joe Namath who you know they became really close in the 70s uh because Joe was kind of a hero to Bert and vice versa and you know living out his days in Jupiter Florida uh Joe and Bert still hung out all the time um yeah, so I think I think a part of it is just like how do we build a story over time? We don't use voiceover; um, we use a lot of archive. But how do we how do we find a, a cast that's really going to be able to tell the story over the arc of his life? And John Voigt was pretty special too. I, I found he was his 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 testimony was very touching, but not mm. just touching because people can be touching but not really honest. He was mm. very he was very sincere about what he was saying. Yeah, 
you know, and, and sincere and what a storyteller, like, and, and just sort of the story behind, uh, making deliverance, like the risks that they took, um, uh, and how much was kind of, I wouldn't say improv, but Bert was like so much himself that, uh, John was just like, you know, overwhelmed by his character and, and I, they, they became really close through making that. And that's the relationship that lasted too. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, a good documentary makes you question a person, both good and bad, no matter who it's yeah. about, right? So I, I, I was it, I can't remember his first name. Was it at, who was the one wearing the Burt shirt? Was it at, Adam, was, Adam Rifkin? Yeah. So Adam Rifkin, I, I don't know that I agree with that Burt was the last movie star. I think he was a mm-hmm. huge movie star because you go through the list and a filmography is a big part of it. Like when you look at decades, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio is working on a really good string of, of, of mm-hmm. success, right? So, so was Burt though. I mean, Burt was doing a lot of things as well. So, I don't know what, it, in your opinion, what makes a movie star? Like, what is that? I mean, is it popularity? Is it filmography? Is it being a badass and being able to, you know, what is, is it all the above? Yeah, I think it's all of the above. I think that um, for, for Bert, when, when Adam talks about him being the last movie star, I think what he means in that is he, he's the last movie star of the studio era. Like the, the old oh, okay. Hollywood, like yes. connected to, you know, the studio system in a way. That's not to say that, that, that I, yeah, I don't know. Because, like because the, Eastwood's yeah. gotta be, Eastwood's gotta be there too. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's you true. Know? That there's a, there's an argument for that for sure. But, but, um, point, but Adam's point is right though. He's, he, he's last of a dying breed and I hate to say it that way. Yeah. But, but he, he's Adam's right with that. He's last yeah. of a dying breed, but you know, and his point is well taken. Like it's once these guys are gone or girls are gone, that's it. Like, yeah. Mm. So, so that part of it really hit home too. I like that. I, I like the way he said that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Adam is like such a fan and such a, I mean, he wrote that film. He went to Bert with that film and said, he went to Eric, his, his manager and said, look, if Bert doesn't make this movie, I've written this film for him. If he doesn't make it, I'm not making the movie. Yeah. And I think it was really courageous for Bert to, to play such a revealing and intense role so late in his career. And, um, yeah, it was like for Bert to just say yes to that, where it was like warts and all, sort of, you know, that film. Yeah. What did you take away from, from Bert, uh, Adrian? What's the one thing you, t- I mean, I'm sure you have multiple takeaways, but like mm. uh, when, when, as the filmmaker, you've seen stuff on the cutting floor that nobody's seen. You've seen, mm-hmm. I mean, you see stuff that nobody sees. What did you take away? How, how would you describe Bert as a person, as an actor, as a human being? Mm. Yeah. Um, Bert was a really caring, big hearted, uh, intensely loyal, uh, guy who, you know, I think he would be the first person to say that he had a lot of regrets. Uh, he definitely made some decisions that he wasn't proud of, but, uh, in the end, I think one of the, the things that we, we, we talk about in the film is his relationship with his parents was, was a big part of his life. And like his, father maybe in the way that he was brought up and what he witnessed in the war and he became very unreachable and i think that one of bert's biggest struggles was like that search for love and a love that maybe his his father could never provide so in a way like we we really make this journey of a movie star a personal story that i think other people can relate to of his generation you know that 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 um yeah it's so yeah i think i think Bird's slogan that he told people was he he like had it monogrammed in this jacket I actually have of his that's like he wrote with love and luck um, and that was something that he always 
led with was with love and with luck. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was old school, man. Like he, he was just, he, but he was also another thing I want to say is that there's a lot of people that weren't in the film that I talked to that were friends of his. And there was so many of them were like, Bert gave me my first chance. Bert elevated me. Bert got me a job as a cinematographer. He saw me working as a camera assistant. And he was like, Nick McLean said that's who ended up lensing like Goonies and all sorts of movies. Um, he's like, you're not a camera assistant. You're, you're a cinematographer. Wow. And, and he gave him his first gig, like as a DP and, and, and Bert did that with a lot of people where he saw talent and he knew that he had the, op- the, the, the capability of elevating people. And he gave a lot of people um, a shot. Yeah. It's almost like a great answer, by the way. One thing you said was the way he wanted, he was looking for, you know, the relationship with his dad, but the way the film shows him transferring that to Quentin is -hmm. a very, it's a very sweet thing, right? Because you could tell it's like, there's times where it's like, you know, I'm almost yelling at the TV, like, Bert, stop being a badass. You don't have to be that guy. Like you're, you're a caring and kind person. Like there's times where it's like, you want him to just to take, cause he's, there's a sweet birthday s- sequence where he's opening presents and you see Johnny Carson and holy shit, there's Ricardo Montalban. And it's this like great <laughs> scene. Like, and it's like, you almost want to reach through the TV and say, Bert, like you're, you're just such a great dad. Like Bert did th- like, listen, I- I'm not one to talk. Cause I-, I need one too, but Bert just needed just this hug, just this, because he's such, I do think he's a good human being. I did think he was a good human being. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, he had some regrets, but, bottom line he was a good human being and the most thing, the thing that he wanted the most is like yeah to show love to it to his son and and to to be a good dad and i think um being like a hollywood superstar and and being there for your ch- your children all the time is a hard thing to do and i think um you know that's a struggle that like bert went through and um yeah it, there's you're right in the archive there's so many moments where you're watching Bert in his sort of personal moments where you're like, dude, just needs a hug. Dude needs a hug from his dad. <laughs> yes, he does. It's like, you, you could tell he's just this caring and kind person. Like that's like, I, I think, I think like his experience, like, but all of us have that jaded thing. Cause life can do that to you. Life can make you jaded. Life can kind of yeah. have a nasty appeal and a nasty effect on you. But you could tell Bert down deep is a, is a really, he's teaching an acting class. When I was watching the documentary, mm-hmm. he has this great quote and I'm going to mess it up, but it was something about, a penny's worth of integrity. What is he says something along those lines. And it was such a profound, great quote. Like anybody can use it. Like it's, hmm. you know what I'm talking about? He's teaching out the class. Yeah. And yeah. It's just, I don't know. I just I can't remember what the line was, but he, yeah. And that's the thing too. Like Bert in his later life, um, he wasn't in front of the camera as much, but he was like, he had a acting school that he had in Jupiter that like, he spent so much time teaching and wanting to pass on what he learned to, to other actors. So he really was like a pay it forward kind of guy. And I think, I think he gets a, he gets a bad rap because yeah, there were some moments I'm sure that he regrets and he went through a lot and career wise too. There were a lot of up and downs. I feel like he didn't because of maybe, you know, we talked about it in the film that in, you know, in the Cosmo cover, it might've made Hollywood not see him as a serious actor. I think, you know, he regretted that for that reason and that he didn't really get his shot as a serious actor. If you saw what he did in Deliverance, there should have been more opportunities oh, for that. You know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and his and his TV career in the, the documentary does a great job of this. 
is vastly underrated. Like, I mean, his early stuff, like people kind of forget about like mm. the stuff he did later on is kind of, it's like an, Oh, by the way. And, and I think Adam says it, he goes, well, yeah. that's, that's some people's like entire career. And we make yeah. a big deal and we kind of forget about it when it comes to Bert. So I, yeah. I, you know, that's a, that's a really sweet moment. The only thing I disagree with in this documentary, the only thing um, John and I think Adam were wrong on this. I, there's no way Bert was unbelievable in Boogie Nights, unbelievable, but yeah. there's no way on God's green earth that Robin Williams did not deserve that award. Like he, that was the performance of maybe a lifetime, but I can see where people think it was close. Like I, but, but I'm also very biased because I love Goodwill hunting and I'm from Massachusetts. So there's, there's no, I agree. I mean, I agree with you. I think that was a, a performance of a lifetime. I think the way that Adam uh, and John were looking at it was like, you know, this guy had been in, well, same for Robin as well, but this, this guy had been making films for so many years. Isn't there some sort of like, you know, can't we put all of that into one award? I think, I think, yeah, Bert, I think we even have it inside the actor studio clip where he's like, you know, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Gates, you you should have won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, I, that's now that is a great show that, and I'm so happy you included that at the end. It was like perfect timing for when that should have came in. It was like, do you have Adrian, do you have trouble securing things like that? Like a clip from a movie? I mean, assuming that CW doesn't own it, right. They don't own mm. some of this stuff. Is it a pain? Is it expensive to get a hold of things that, man, I'd love to use this to really articulate my point, but I don't have the freaking budget. I can't do it. Is that ever an issue? Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Um, we license from all the studios. So we have a relationship going back. I mean, we've done, I think, I don't know, 18 of these films now. I can't remember the number. It's a lot of I am. So, and a lot of other films like, you know, uh, company that, network who makes these in partnership with CW. We did a film on Sydney, uh, Poitiers recently and a lot of films. So we, 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 we are constantly licensing and we have good relationships and yeah. Would I want to have more, uh, film clips or use this film or the other? Absolutely. There's going to be things that, um, budget, you know, is filmmaking is, it's, that's part of filmmaking is some creative decisions are forced by budget. But for the most part, I feel like we covered things really well and, um, I used pretty much everything I wanted to. So, yeah. yeah it, 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 uh, Adrian, two quick last questions sure. for you. Um, so I have to say, um, one of the things I was kind of taken back by was how abrupt the divorce was when Lonnie was talking about it. I was like, just mm. like that, just like that. Like, see, that's what that, those are the kinds of things that don't add to Bert's like ability. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like that when you're keeping score, watching a documentary pros and cons, I didn't know how abrupt that divorce was. It was kind of like, see ya like that. Yeah. That was very surprising for me, but he was also battling addiction in his, in, in, yeah. in fairness to him. So talk about that. Was that a tough scene to be around? Was that a tough scene to cut, to film, to, to watch? Um, yeah. I mean, I think he, I think definitely Bert was not his best self, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think, I think, um, yeah. I mean, Lonnie, Lonnie Anderson was very, um, forthcoming and honest about what had happened. And I think, that um yeah i mean it's 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 hard to ask those questions about about relationships but i think it's also important to know that like the cast is given the opportunity to clear the air and tell their side of the story because when it all went down um the media was blowing things up in a way that was it was like out of their control and for them to be able to you know for lonnie to come back and and tell her side of the story i think was was something she appreciated having the opportunity to do. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that was not Bert's best moment, you know, meanwhile, Lonnie and Bert continued to have a, a, you know, there's ups and downs as we all know, but they had a positive relationship all the way until the end of his life. So they, they kept in touch. Of course, um, they shared a child in Quentin and, um, so they always, you know, people would think, Oh, you know, Lonnie and Lonnie and Bert, uh, they had this terrible fallout and, you know, yeah, they had a very public divorce, but ultimately they reconnected and they were close all the way until he died. So, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that, that, I mean, there are moments like Bert was not perfect, you know? And I think if Bert was watching this documentary, he would appreciate the fact that we didn't put him on a pedestal and that he was very human. Like, we all have, we all make mistakes and he certainly made mistakes. His were just amplified because they were extremely public. Yeah. You know? and, and who he is. I think he would have loved this documentary. I think he would have loved it. Like it was just so honest. Like Bert was, it was honest. Like it was, it is what it is bad. You know, he, he loved the negative, the positive. He would have soaked it all in. I think he would have liked the fact that we found film of him that was like buried in the Florida <laughs> archives of him running a football back the whole way too. I think he would have been most proud about that. The, like, the I think- Florida state stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the Florida stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The early yeah. stuff was great. Um, I'll, I'll end with this. So my wife and I watch a show called 1883. And one of the reasons why it works so well is because Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, they play it. They're married on screen, but they're also married off screen. I feel like with Bert and, and a lot of the movies with he and, and, and Sally field, it works so well because they love each other like this isn't just an on-screen love this is these is two people that love each other dearly away from the camera and you can always tell the difference it might not be big but you could tell when somebody sincerely loves somebody and it's on screen and it feels the same way right so that report that part of it was really really special adrian thank you yeah yeah it's so obvious i mean just even that interaction that we have in smoking the bandit where they're kind of getting to know each other and Alfie Wise is talking about it where, yeah, they're actually, you know, in that moment, they're they're not only, it's that moment where they're falling for each other, which is captured in film eternally. It's like, it's rare that you get to witness that. And it was definitely in that moment, at least when they were making that film, something that was very real. Yeah. And Burt calls the love of his life. Like he's the one. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's unbelievable. So what is next for you, my friend? Like, what are you working on before I let you go? What do you, um, what do you want to get out there? Anything that you want people to know? Oh, wait, I have to do something very important. I, it okay. premieres, it premieres December 30th. How do I forget this? December yeah. 30th, 8 PM. Uh, I am Burt Reynolds, super, super watchable documentary. I can't recommend it enough, but what, I, I had to get it out there. What, what did you want to <laughs> add? What did you want to add on, on the personal level? What'd you want to get out there? Um, Jeez, oh, I don't even think I have. I have a pretty exciting announcement for a new project coming in January, but I don't think I can. I don't think I can say it right now. But okay. uh, soon after this premieres, there'll be some news of some new films coming, and uh, um, also I would highly suggest um, checking out the slate that CW has coming. We have other IMs. We have an MLK um, Martin Luther King doc that's coming out. Um, there's there's more, I think there's a Hitchcock they announced. There's some really, really good films um, in the slate of IMs that are coming up with CW. And, you know, this is a new partnership for us and we're going to keep, keep going with them. So that's super exciting. And I'll be directing some new films coming up for that. And I also have, yeah, some other projects that are coming up soon. So, so there's a, I, so, and you're behind the IM, the MLK one, correct? I, I didn't direct that. No, that was okay, another okay. director. Okay. Um, okay. 
I, I, yeah, I didn't do that one. So the okay. last, the latest, the, the most recent one I've done is the Brit project, which okay. yeah, okay. has not, has, has, it, this will be its premiere. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'm excited. And matter of fact, I'm, I'm so excited. I want to go back and see the other ones you were talking about. I'm dying to see the Heath Ledger one. So I'm so happy I've been introduced to your work, Adrian. You're, you're very good at what you do. And thank you for giving me some of your time today. Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com.